Greetings. Good afternoon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. We're here in the living room, which means, man, we're pumping out episodes. We got all sorts of topics to, to get into. I don't have to be all finicky thinking, hey, I got to save that one for the live show and then not just doing the live episodes. Uh, listen, we, we're, we're, I, I like, we're not on YouTube at the moment, but I do have Twitter open in front of me. So if you guys are watching the live screen, stream and stuff, uh, you know, I'll check the, the replies every once in a while. And uh, if you could let me know if the audio is not working, that's always helpful. Because that was probably the one nice thing about being uh, on YouTube is that sometimes people could go, hey, we can't hear you. And then I go, oh, I guess I have to make an adjustment. Uh, episode is brought to you by YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, the only place in the entire world where you can get yourself a kilo of Kratom for just $60. And if you're more into the weed stuff, you're over the age of 21, you go to YoDelta.com, use promo code RYM, get yourself some gummies. Uh, all right, let's get into some news topics right off the bat because I got a packed episode. We're not messing around here. This thing's loaded up to the gills, and I've been drinking coffee. So let's get right into some topics here. And the uh, first video that I want to showcase for you guys, and like I said, if you're not hearing the audio, just uh, hit me up on the Twitters. Let me know. But we got Chuck Todd here, and uh, let's watch a little bit of Meet the Press. Because if you want good information and you can't get your hands on those juicy Russian talking points that seem to be incredibly accurate all the time, sometimes you got to tune into the mainstream media, see what's going on with the Chuck Todds over at the Meet the Presses. Let's give this a watch. Um, you you were pretty strict with the lockdowns here, and uh, it was an interesting piece in Harper's that sort of was critical of your decisions from this perspective. You found a way to allow the motion picture industry and, so the, and, the, and the sort of the movie industry to get back to work, but you didn't allow people to grieve together at funerals or at churches. And that it sort of, and that this may be why there's such a polarized disconnect. What, what you prioritize, right? This is this anger between the populace and the elite, supposedly. Here you prioritize this industry but, you, you know, you were tougher on those that just wanted to go worship. Um, a, what do you say to that, Chris? I think there's a lot of humility, and we didn't know what we didn't know. And it was hardly I. Uh, it was we, collectively. I understand. And I think all of us, in, in terms of... Yeah, we just strip people of their rights with the inability to make their own decisions on the basis that we knew better. But listen, Chuck, that's the job. We get things wrong. But the whole job is pretending like we have information and a skill set that nobody else has. So therefore, we have to make the decisions. And that's what everyone signed up for. That's the way good old government works. As we step in and we go, listen, we're able to make decisions that nobody else can make. So as long as you have me in charge of this operation, I'll come to the best conclusions. But that doesn't always mean that we're right. It just means that we've decided to organize ourselves in a way that single individuals without proper proper uh, uh, without proper proper profit incentives will make decisions for everybody and probably lead to the worst decisions. But Chuck, that's the way we've decided to organize. Don't be getting upset at me for the way that society has decided to organize itself and the fact that I stood up and said, listen, I've got to take authoritarian control over this, but at the end of the day, it's not like I know any better. That's just the way that everyone here has decided to organize. Let's, let's listen to a little bit more of Gavin Newsom, our potential next uh, presidential candidate, explaining to us why it was that not him, it wasn't him that got COVID wrong. Sure, he might have been a little bit more aggressive. It wasn't him. It was it was we. It was the institution. Let's listen to a little bit more. Our collective wisdom, we've evolved. We didn't know what we didn't know. We're experts in hindsight. We're all geniuses. But now. think about what we probably... We're all geniuses in hindsight, but you have to listen to me then. 
not the people that were right then or not the people that were criticizing or you couldn't make your own decisions because at the time, if you're a genius in hindsight, are you admitting that you were a dumbass in the moment? And then now we're not currently in a hindsight situation. We're in the present. So are you admitting that when you do things in the present, you're a dumbass? Because if that's the case, then I guess we should never listen to you in the present. Maybe you're very good at the uh, at the hindsight analysis because sometimes there are people that actually get things right in the present. That's the goodness of capitalism is that it rewards those people with capital and they get to make continuous decisions. But no, you voted for, you're, you're standing forward for a different system where that's not the way decisions are made. Where you stand up and you go, everyone's got to trust me. Everyone's got to stay in their homes. I'm going to shut down your business. I'm going to fine you if you don't follow all of my directions because it's in your best interest. And then what happens when you're dead wrong? This is sociopath salesmanship right here. This is sociopathic at best that this guy feels this comfortable looking right in the camera and just go, yeah, I got it wrong. Who cares? Yeah, I ruined a couple people's lives. Sure, we aggressively made terrible decisions, but come on, people get things wrong. Oh, where's, where's the prosecute Fauci march? Who's going to join me? Pretend like they're right here behind me as we march on Washington and we demand the prosecution of Fauci. How can you be this casual of just, yeah, we got things wrong? What you, pri- what you ended up collectively prioritizing. You're prioritizing industry, you know, well, in one, and, and one specific one, but then didn't prioritize maybe ones that whose maybe values you didn't connect with. Well, I don't think it's a binary. There was iterations within that theme. There we go. We got things wrong. It happens. All right, what else we got? What else I got lined up here? Oh, the Okratom.com conspiracy corner. So this is partly what makes Twitter so much fun. As you take a conspiracy such as uh, that the government, 9-11, was an inside job. And uh, when it comes to topics like that, I never really delved in and researched it. I don't know. I was never all that fascinated. Either way, you know, if the, the whether or not the government actually took down the Twin Towers... My analysis doesn't change of, hey, emergency response protocols are pretty stupid, stripping people of their rights are pretty stupid, trying to invade other countries and flattening caves and spending all sorts of money on the military industrial complex is pretty stupid. Having a guy going from a company where he works in the defense contracting and then he's vice president and goes, oh, I better, we, we better sign really big contracts for bases because I owe money to that company because I wasn't that good of a CEO. That's really stupid. There's all sorts of, hey, even just having a Federal Reserve that can print endless money so you can go flatten as many caves and protect goat farmers while they fuck kids. That's stupid. Whether or not it took us blowing up our own buildings to get to all that other stupidity doesn't really matter. All the other stupidity is still stupidity. Having a Federal Reserve creating bubbits, bubbles, throwing all sorts of money into the housing stuff and blowing up bubbles, and then spending even more money on wars we can't afford, it's stupid, regardless of if we're blowing up our own buildings or not. So I never really got all that into whether or not we were blowing up our own buildings. But Twitter's gotten so good because, like, I wasn't going to sit down and watch one of those documentaries, but then it just gives you all the highlights, and it puts it right in front of you. Like, for example... We're, forget about Building 7. You got all these conspiracy theorists out there, and they're telling you about Building 7. Apparently on 9-11, there was a Building Number 7. I want to know what happens to Buildings 3 through 6. You don't even hear anyone talking about Buildings 3 through 6. What happened to Buildings 3 through 6? 
You got buildings one, you got building two. Those are the twin towers, I can understand, unless maybe they went A, B, and then they switched to a numerical system. But what happened to towers three, four, five, and six that everyone's talking about? Are they still standing? I don't know how that works. But, dude, there's some juicy conspiracies because I'm new to this. Maybe you guys, you've been running with these uh, 9-11 conspiracies ever since 9-11. I have not been. But what do we got? We got the uh, South and North Tower. We all saw those planes come in and hit into those buildings. But apparently, you know who understands buildings? You know all of a sudden is a 9-11 expert? It's Donald Trump. Those beams on the outside were such strong beams. Usually you build from the inside. These were outer beams. No plane would get through that. And then you get the footage of, oh, look at all these things imploding out the window. That looks more like an explosion. And then you got some CIA building right next door. That thing comes right down. Even though no plane hit into that, oh, the fire, it spread. And then you got people taking out insurance policies on their buildings two weeks earlier. And you get all sorts of crazy put options with dancing Israelis on the rooftops playing Hava, Nagila Hava. They're going to invade Iraq and we'll get rid of Saddam Hussein. Blah, blah. I'm on a rooftop. There you go. That's what's so great about uh, Twitter. All these conspiracy theories. I would have had to sit down. I would have had to have done my homework. But instead, I can just pop the old kratom, scroll myself on some Twitter for like 10 minutes and just be like, holy shit, it looks like we did take out our own buildings. But I don't know. Anyways, here was another fun little conspiracy making the rounds is um, apparently... They've had aliens in Mexico the whole time. Government's just been holding on to coffins full of aliens. Assuming you want to trust Mexican doctors. I don't know if I'm a racist and I look at this guy and I'm just like, I don't know. Looks like he was trying to take a kidney out of that alien and put it into another alien. But that might just be that uh, I uh, just assume that healthcare is worse in Mexico. Because the one time I went into a pharmacy, it was actually just some kind of drug dealer lady dressed like a nurse who was pretending like she was selling me Ritalin and then she actually sold me meth and I made the mistake of taking the meth while I was in Mexico with Johnny which freaked me the fuck out and I left all that meth in Mexico which was a mistake because I almost want to go back to Mexico just to get myself another 90 pills of Mexican meth because that was a good drug uh anyways what, what, what's coming down the pipeline that all of a sudden they're all on board. They've been holding these aliens the whole time. All of a sudden they want to show us these little, uh, these little teeny tiny alien people. And you guys believe these little teeny tiny alien people? That looks like paper mache I could have made in the third grade if I was trying to make up some bogus science fair experiment. But apparently the Mexican government the entire time they've had these little... And I, what, what kind of an alien was this? That it's, all, that it's a, just a crystallized alien? I don't know. You, what are you guys thinking of this alien, uh, this alien th- thing that all of a sudden, hey, we, they're, they're, we're, we're catching all sorts of stuff on our radar systems and we've got actual bodies and boxes. All right. Now let's get into some of the uh, Donald Trump stuff. You got Donald Trump's. You got Joe Biden's. They're, they're going after Joe Biden's now. They're going, oh, if we can just run this impeachment inquiry, then we can actually look into our into the bank accounts, and then we can guys actually give you guys all the dirty details of uh, look at all the payments that he was making off of his son, Hunter Biden. Before we get into the story, I do want to take a second, see if anyone's responded to any of the uh, comments on the Twitter to let me know that the sound isn't working. Thus far, no one said anything, so I'm just going to assume that we have uh, perfect clarity of the sound here. You know what? Let's have a Spaceballs 
moment. We're gonna do a space balls moments. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking and I'm actually gonna play the Twitter and then you guys can watch me watching me from the past just to make sure that the sound's working. It doesn't that sound like a good time? Let's just do it. the sound here. You know what? Let's have a space balls moment. We're gonna do a space balls moments. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking and I'm actually gonna play the Twitter and then you guys can watch me watching me from the past just to make sure that the all right, sounds to me like we got sound. There we go. All right, this is from The Hill, and it was uh, how Jack Smith can prove Trump knew he lost the 2020 election. And I was reading this, and it sounded scarily close to prosecuting for thought crimes. And I don't like the idea of them prosecuting for thought crimes because I got shitty thoughts all the time. I don't want to start being politicized for the kind of crazy thoughts I have of, hey, I want to take this baby and throw it through a fucking window. Or, hey, can I, you know, I'm not even going to tell you some of the other crazy fucking thoughts. A lot of it would be, if you monitor my thoughts, just how much time I'm debating whether or not I want to eat a cookie and the logistics of what kind of bathroom access I have. Uh, but, you know, all I'm saying is I don't like the idea of them uh, thought policing our thoughts. And especially once they start getting chips in our brains, once they got chips in our brains, they actually see the kind of thoughts that you're having. And then they got little algorithms where like people don't think about throwing kids off of an airplane this many times without actually doing the violence. So until you can uh, have better control over your thoughts, we're not actually going to even let you out of this prison cell. And then all of a sudden you're walking around prison cell going in circles, thinking about the things that you want to do to the warden for putting you into that prison cell. And now you're, per you're, you're permanently in trouble because of just the thoughts that you're having you guys want to live in that world where they're policing thought crimes on that level you got to be taking yourselves your kratoms all the time to make sure that you're having more even thoughts not something i can even say about your kratoms anyways this is from the hill uh how jack smith can prove trump knew he lost the 2020 election if trump's attorney argues as they suggested that they will that trump did not know his claims of election fraud were false because he sincerely believed them they will face difficult challenges. You hear that? There's going to be difficult challenges in proving that Donald Trump believed he won the election. I'm working on a joke about this. I'm not going to tell the actual joke because that's not what we do on this podcast. We're rigorous political analysis here. No humor. Nothing. We're keeping it dry, factual, and to the point. Dude, Donald Trump's whole thing is being one of these uh, secret vision board you know, uh, manifesting salespeople. His whole thing is he makes shit up and it magically becomes true. How are you going to prove that this guy did or didn't believe anything? You, you think any of the crazy shit that he said, I'm going to have the... My steaks are going to be the most delicious steaks. My ties are going to be the greatest ties. The one I'm going to build is the greatest one. I'm going to fix the thing. The whole thing is just fucking lying. How are you going to prove that he doesn't believe his own bullshit and that that's not the way that sometimes things work out for him? Good luck with that one. And then you're going to have to delete a whole uh, a whole world of so sociopathic sales literature that makes no sense of the things that you can manifest into reality just by using your thought and your integrity and your active intentions, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. But are you going to actually prove that Donald Trump doesn't believe the nonsense that he says? At some point in time, the guy said, hey, I'm going to be president, and then he became president. G good luck arguing with his ability to believe bullshit and then have it become true. That's the guy's entire thing. All right, how Jack Smith can prove Trump knew he lost the 2020 election. If Trump's attorney argue, as they've suggested that they will, that Trump did not know his claims of election fraud were false because he sincerely believed them, they will face difficult challenges. Given expected testimony that Trump had conceded to some staff that he lost, dozens of failed lawsuits, the vast informational resources available to a president, the fact that reliable sources told Trump there was no significant fraud, and Trump's habit of lying, it cannot simply be assumed that Trump believed his fraud claims. 
there you go. You can't just assume that Donald Trump actually believed the things that he was saying. Even I bet he was saying it while he had sex with his wife. I bet if you filmed him having sex with Melania, which probably isn't very good sex, it's probably not very long sex, but I think he mostly said, I won the, I won, I won, say Melania, I won, say I'm a winner, say I won. I bet there's never a moment when Donald Trump actually ever says anything. Even when he sits around with those kids and the daughter that he likes to hit on, I bet at no point in time does he actually ever let down his guard and go, okay, I'm a loser. (laughs) All right, continuing. Nor can it just be asserted that Trump believed them since assertions in court require evidence. Since believing is a state of mind and not empirically observable, courts may look to a defendant's behavior for evidence he had the belief in question. Now, you would think that once something relies on what someone's inner thoughts were, then you can't go to court. I would think that's the way that that works is, hey, we can't be policing people's thoughts. And so if we're going to build an entire court case around trying to figure out what someone's thoughts were, then we can't actually do the court case because we can't police for thoughts. We can only police for actions. So I would just think inherently, once you're in a space of where prosecuting for someone's thoughts or beliefs, well, then we can't proceed with the court case because that means that an actual crime didn't have it. Like your actions, you can be judged on your actions. So if you actually did an action, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I don't know, take any thought. I wanted to go sleep with that lady. I didn't sleep with her. The action is what the thing. It's, it's not the thought. You can have whatever fucking thought you want. You can sit down and have whatever fucking weird thoughts you want to have. I don't want to know what your weird thoughts are. I don't want you reading my weird thoughts. You should be allowed to have whatever fucking thought you want. It's the action. If you take an action that's illegal, then you're in trouble. Once you're doing a court case that's about trying to determine what your thoughts were, then I would think that that's inherently not a good court case or not a court case that you should be having. Let's continue. Nor can it just be asserted that Trump believed them since assertions in court require evidence. Since believing is a state of mind and not empirically observable, courts may look to a defendant's behavior for evidence he had the belief in question. In Trump's case, the problem is that while some of his actions are consistent with his believing the fraud claims, his behavior generally between the election and January 6th is much more consistent with his knowing these claims were false and continuing to assert them publicly in an attempt to hold on to the presidency. Let's continue. Assuming Trump is not an irrational person, his attorneys will have to show the incredible evidence his claims were true. So therefore, he's going to be believed to be not true about the thoughts that he was having. The thoughts that he, like, Trump knew that he lost. And we can assume that he knew that he lost, since now it's going to be on his attorneys to prove that he believes something otherwise. Very interesting approach here. All right, evidence that made it rational for him to believe them rather than what he was told by numerous high-level sources and positions to know. Unable to point to such evidence on which Trump's putative beliefs in election fraud was based, it is very unlikely his attorneys can rebuke the prosecution's powerful case that Trump knew his incendiary claims were false. Therefore, if Trump can't actually come up with a solid proof that he believes something that he thought in his mind, he must be assumed to be guilty. Unbelievable. All right, what are we going to have to do? Every single night, you're going to have to plug your head into a computer and get a journal dialogue going of your thoughts? Are you going to have to become so gay that you actually write down into your journal? And then you got to be really careful where your little journaling to yourself is very specific. It's like Kavanaugh specific. I was here on this day, and I definitely didn't throw a lady onto a bed. I was here on this day, and all I thought about was giving charity. I didn't give the charity, 
but I thought about giving the charity. I thought about how much more charity I should give. And then I thought about being nicer to people. And that was my entire day. From from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., I thought about the people that I'm going to be nice to. From 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., I didn't do my job because I was still distracted thinking about being nice to people. You're going to have to keep a written log of all times, just letting letting everyone know the good and pure thoughts that you're having at every instance because down the line, you might have to actually prove your thoughts. That's from Dana M. Radcliffe, a Dave Family Senior Lecturer of Business Ethics, blah, 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 bullshit artist. All right, moving on. Let's take a look at how Biden is doing. I don't know if you're watching this guy falling down all over the place. This is an old one, but let me tell you, you know what Biden's signature issue should be in the next election is that we need to live in a world with less stairs. Because I don't know if you guys just saw him. I think he was out in Vietnam trying to partner with the Vietnamese and going, hey, can you get some kids into factories making shit for really cheap so that we can compete with China a little better? Because I'm really locked in with China trying to get all this stuff over there for really cheap so that we can pretend like inflation isn't as bad as it is because we're tapping into child slave labor. But now I got a problem here where China's starting to team up with India and uh, Russia and Brazil, and they're all trying to trade with each other. And now you got Saudi Arabia, who's apparently pissed off that I didn't send them F-35 airplanes that the Trump administration promised them. And so now they're starting to sell oil for other contracts. And so I'm in a bit of a bind here. And so what I need is a little bit more leverage so if you can get kids into factories and start making things for really cheap so that we can be buying it from you instead of them that would really help me out right now uh by the way that there you go that's all geopolitics in a nutshell you can play that one back like three times and try and debate in your own head whether or not i was joking or if that was a very good synopsis of everything that's going on in the world and so he's standing there and i like this little face that he makes because this is the face i used to bike into new york city uh and uh let me tell you after a whole night of biking around and drinking when you'd get to like the staircase and you had to hold your bike to go up there i was in much better shape then i have to actually hold the bike you're like ah oh, shit i've had enough of this for a night and that's the way he's like more stairs how many fucking stairs it's like only forced you didn't even need these stairs right it's just a platform it's like four of them why what can you just not have him? I also like this picture. This is him right on the he's like, how many fucking stairs I have to go down? How long are these ramps? Can we really knock it? They're you're telling me we got this giant fucking airplane for a present and we can't get the guy a little escalator action? Maybe a little ski lift? That would be fun. Throw the guy in some skis and he holds on to like an old fashioned rope toe, get him up into the air, or you know what he should do, because he's already wearing the uh the uh the aviators what he should do is he should get like choppers that throw down a rope and he just always gets off on the chopper by holding on to the thing but then secretly they can actually harness him in so that he can't i, I know that looked like i was shoving something in my own ass he could like harness in so that but it, they can make it look like some you know tom cruise doing his own stunt type stuff so here he is you know he's got to address 9-11 and I think at this point, Joe Biden's just decided, like, people, they like it when I lie to them. I think that's his theory, is that it's like WWF, everyone knows that they're being lied to, but they enjoy, they, they've uh, they've suspended disbelief. They understand that you're lying to them, and so that's fun. And so his character is the compassionate guy, and we all know that he's not a compassionate human being, but that's the character that he likes to play. And so if he's playing that character, he's got to relate to you. I know what it's like for your entire house to burn down, and then for the government not to let you to return to your own land so that they can give it over to Oprah and make a 15-minute city, because once I, I burnt something in my oven, and it was close to my car, 
And then my car was almost at risk for a couple minutes. So I, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Or in this case, this is him giving a speech about, uh, you know, what, what his experience was with 9-11. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, the way from where you could stand. I'm not kidding, man. From the place he, he's got to tag it. He's got to tag it because he knows he's lying. So he's got to figure out a little bit of a groove. From where I was standing when I was in D.C. giving this speech, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I, I don't Brown. even remember yesterday. Brown. But this one I remember. And at least this was reported by Twitter as being, uh, as being Biden. Many in this constituency have died. Part buildings in this state are still burning. And in the ultimate American way. But hey, he was there. Many in his constituency have died. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, this should be his next job, is uh, teaching older people how to take falls or pitching uh, hip replacements. I know that he's going to have some lawyer fees when he leaves office, so I'm just trying to come up with some better... I'm here, and I've taken a lot of falls. You want to know how to protect your hip. You know what you do? You wear sheathunderwear.com. I didn't even realize I was segueing into a, into a sponsor pitch right there. Sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code ROAM. You're going to get yourself 20% off the greatest balls that's ever graced the balls of man. Go load up on your sheaths because with that cool fabric and stuff, you know, you can protect your hip. That's how you want to know how Joe Biden is surviving all these staircase falls without his legs popping out of place. It's because he's wearing sheathunderwear.com. Do I actually know that to be true? Am I allowed to make scientific claims that sheath underwear can protect your hip from popping out if you fall down a flight of stairs? Of course not. But you still, if you go to run your, if you go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you will get yourself 20% off. That I can say for fact. Can't get sued for that. It's factual. Go right now. Try it. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code ROM, 20% off. And remember, it will keep your hip from falling out of its socket if you fall down a flight of stairs. All right. Uh, and then here he was in uh, before he got ushered off the stage for rambling so incoherently that someone from his staff had to start playing the Oscar music. Someone from the staff was like, ah, shit. He's talking about going to bed. Pretty soon he's going to start singing his lullabies and asking for the little girls that we're supposed to bring over so he can sniff himself to sleep. They realized, oh, shit, we're only a couple of lines away from him asking for the chocolate chip ice cream, and then we all know where it goes from there. you got to shut this thing down. I'm going to be in trouble. i got to go to bed. That's the way I am sometimes. You ever do that? That's happened to me a couple of times on some report store where I got myself way too high, and then I noticed the things I was eating, and I was like, I, I just, I got to go to bed. I got to go to bed, otherwise I'm going to eat all this stuff, and tomorrow's going to be a rough day. That's what that's what Joe Biden does sometimes now. He just realizes, oh, I'm going to say something so stupid in front of these cameras. I better just go back to sleep. But before all that, he said the following. And guess what? In addition to helping the environment overall, and the only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. There you go. That's the real thing that we got to be concerned and worry about is global warming. That's the one thing, everybody. All right. So McCarthy launches inquiry to impeach president. I think I already mentioned this because they're uh, claiming that they might be able to get their hands on other bank records and actually get the guy into trouble. Uh, This, you know, I don't even really want to play it, but this was uh, Blinken 
was on with um uh i forget the guy's name but cnn and cnn for some reason they're really trying to pitch the hey Elon Musk made a decision to turn off technology that was previously available, and therefore you've got this billionaire who's inserting himself into a war. When, from everything I'm reading, it's actually, the even Blinken here is actually defending Elon Musk and going, well, we really need him to continue to let these people use those satellites because those satellites have been really important. And they're like, yeah, but he's interested. And it's like, no, he's not inserting himself. We asked him, or apparently, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Elon Musk side of this, even though I see the guy is a defense contractor running around with credits, who's uh, the public school system or private school system made his daughter trans, and then he said, you know what? I'll continue to work as a defense contractor and getting our species to Mars for the United States government. But between now and then, I'm going to buy that Twitter and go against all this woke nonsense to try and save other parents from tranny kids. Uh, and if I can't do all that, when I create these brain chips where I read people's thoughts, I'll just correct the one where people think that they're uh, that they're trans. Anyways, you got Blinken uh, is actually defending Elon Musk, but CNN, they're 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 right on this trail. They need to shut down Elon Musk. They can't have free information. All of a sudden, people all the time realize just how much nonsense is going on over CNN, how much they're lying to us. You get actual true information, coverage of Building 7, coverage of the fact, hey, where's all the airplane parts that supposedly hit the Pentagon? They don't want that kind of information floating around. They need all censorship all the time because that's the only way that the propaganda machine works is that if the only information you can get is the bullshit information. And it's like if the only sh food that you could possibly eat is tasteless food that, 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 that sucks, you're going to eat the tasteless food. But if you can go somewhere else and they actually got good food, you're not going to go to the tasteless food store. So CNN's the tasteless food store. And they can't they go, we can't be having information being disseminated in other places that's actually true. Because then that ruins our whole business model here where we give people bullshit that they don't actually want. So, you know, they're hot on Elon Musk and they're spinning this narrative about the fact that he inserted himself into the war by removing technology that he made available to them at a crucial time. Whereas Elon Musk is saying, hey, dudes, I don't want to be starting a fight with Russia. This is your stupid bullshit. And you can't call me up and go, hey, can I specifically give you something that I didn't previously give you so that you can go pull off operations that I don't think should be happening. But CNN, you know, they're out there. They're, they're doing what they do. They, they're spinning. They're spinning. All right, this was a wild article from the New York Post talking about how the CIA, let's just read it. Central Intelligence Agency offered to pay off analysts in order to bury their findings that COVID-19 most likely leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. New whistleblower testimony to Congress alleges. Uh, so, you know, or it's or now we're in the hindsight. When you get to the hindsight, all of a sudden you got perfect clarity of vision. That's what uh, Gavin Newsom was saying. All of a sudden, you know, we need to be in control at the moment, even when we're making the bad decisions. But hindsight, you know, we can't be evaluating the bad decisions that we made with the perfect hindsight. That doesn't make sense. You don't want to be using your clarity vision of knowing exactly who is right and wrong to make changes to who makes decisions in the future. That, that's that's not the way that it's like at the end of a losing season, you don't want to get rid of that coach because that's hindsight that he lost all those games. That's not the way that that's supposed to work. I mean, that's that's in the vision of hindsight that all those things lost. It's kind of the arguments that uh, Sam Harris is making. Like, yeah, I was wrong about everything, but if fictionally all the other information worked out in a different way, I would have been right. So you can't look at it through the hindsight lens of me being wrong in all those moments because I could have been, I didn't end up being right 
but there was a possibility of me being right. And so we can't look at hindsight and go that the other people that were right might be right in the future. All right, so here you go. This is from the New York Post. Central Intelligence Agency offered to pay off analysts in order to bury their findings that COVID-19 most likely leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. New whistleblower testimony Congress alleges. Senior-level CIA official told House committee leaders that his agency tried to pay off six analysts who found SARS-CoV-2 likely originated in a Wuhan lab if they changed their position and said the virus jumped from animals to humans, according to a letter sent Tuesday to CIA Director William Burns. There you go. You know, so when they say you got to listen to the scientists, they mean you got to listen to the people that were uh, properly incentivized and bribed by the CIA. I mean, this is just one whistleblower. How many instances we got? What happened with all those, uh, the lancets? What happened when uh, those Wall Street Journal doctors had to turn around and go, hey, what the fuck is this study that you guys gave me that I signed, the Harvard doctor? Why did I sign off on this study on hydroxychloroquine? All of this information was false. How many people, and and then it doesn't even look at all the NIH money, the people that just quietly stay in line because they're like, ah, shit, I better not say anything. I might lose my grants and I need that grant money. But here you go. You got actual straight up bribes, not just like the little, usually they're better at the mafia shit of, hey, listen, social media, if you don't listen to us, you know, that little privilege that you have, it might disappear. You know, you wouldn't want to be in a court case with us. That's not even this. This is straight up. Hey, here's some money. You're going to have to change your position. Let's continue. Which, by the way, even the fucking head of the CDC suddenly stepped down when he's like, oh, I really think we should look into this lab leak thing. And then they went, nobody nobody believes that. I mean, sure, it was the head of the exact organization responsible for these kind of things that seems to be stepping down because no one else thinks that that's the thing that we should be saying publicly, but nobody believes that. A senior-level CIA officer told House committee leaders that his agency tried to pay off six analysts who found SARS-CoV-2 likely originated in a Wuhan lab if they changed their positions and said the virus jumped from animals to humans, according to a letter sent Tuesday to CIA Director William Burns. Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic uh, Chairman Brad Wenstrup and permanent... Uh, and permanent select committee intelligence chairman Mike Turner requested all documents, communications, and pay info from the CIA's COVID discovery team by September 26th. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low confidence assessment. There you go. A low confidence assessment. That's where, like, even here, they're like, eh, we can't totally admit to this story. So, yeah, they were just, they were going to come forward with a low, it's always like they got to sprinkle a little bit of truth. Even when they're sprinkling a little bit of truth, you got to be careful with, uh, you know, how much they undo the last. No, one, it's like we've reviewed what happened with this whole COVID. I mean, with this whole uh, Russia collusion hoax. And at the end of it, yeah, someone's doing no one needs to be fired. No protocols need to be changed. And nothing was that. It was just they were a little bit too egregious with their falsehoods. We're all OK with falsehoods, just not when you're too egregious with it. Let's continue. Make a low confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, China, the House panel chairman wrote. I think there was a point about the direct money that they received. All right. Uh, before we look at this next news story, real quick, next weekend, I'm with Howie Dewey in upstate New York. We're doing two breweries in Boonville and in Utica. Um Man, next week, I got to plug the name of it because I was looking at their beers and they look delicious. And it's a very cool fan who invited us to do the show. Looking forward to it. I got to remember the name of the brewery. Other than that, Porch Tour is basically over. I got Nevada. I've got uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I got Tucson, Arizona. Then I got Skankfest. I've got my shows with the people out in Europe. 
And then got to start lining up some new shows for November, December. There's some uh, ones with Dave at ComicDaveSmith.com, but he doesn't need my promotions. He's moving those tickets. Ain't no, ain't no problems there. Uh, all right, that's it. And then PremierPharma.com. Quit fleecing your patients. You got, you got yourself a pharmacy. Quit working with your CVS and your Cigna's to fucking push those prices all the way up to the roof and charge people more money just so that some rebate check can go to some other executive. You know, just partner with PremierPharma.com. You get yourself some well-priced generics, and you hand over those savings to the good people who could use some more money in their pockets. And talking about running out of money, things going to shit, this article, you know, I'm always over here, and I'm like, I don't understand this financial system. I don't understand how we could be spending all this money, buying more of our own debt, forcing our trading partners to not want to be using U.S. dollars. I don't understand how this whole thing's going to work. And then I read all these articles. They go, don't worry about this BRICS thing. You know, China, they don't want a strong currency. None of these people trust each other. It's never going to work, and you don't have to worry about it. And I go, all right, that's interesting. But then I read these other articles. Let's go. $7.6 trillion of U.S. government debt will mature in the next year, adding pressure on rates. All of a sudden, they turn around and they go, uh, hey, do we really need interest rates this high? I know that there's inflation, but I have to sell myself a lot of debt. Someone at the Treasury calls someone at the Fed. They're like, uh, we got a problem here that, you know, you're supposed to send me money. And it, it's, it, does anyone have any money? Because the, the interest, because that means we're going to have to go up with the interest rate to incentivize more. But you guys need to print. It starts, it starts getting a little bit confusing. We're like, where is this money going to come from? Here we go. A whopping $7.6 trillion in interest-bearing U.S. public debt will mature within a year. Within one year. And remember, interest rates are going up which means we're going to have to spend more money just on interest in terms of servicing our own debt, which uh, I guess if you're just selling it to ourselves, I, I mean, why, why, why would you sell yourself something at higher interest rate? At that point, why wouldn't you just go with the debt that I'm going to sell to myself? I'm going to cut myself a break and I'll sell it to me with a lesser interest rate. Everyone else, I guess if we're going to have to actually sell it to you guys, it's going to have to be at a higher interest rate. And then even that gets confusing because whatever people will actually buy your debt for, I guess that's what the interest rate should be. But then you have to try and rig it to bring that down. So you go, well, we're going to make it 7.5. And, oh, man, look at all the demand that exists when it's at 7.5. It's not even at 7.5. But look at all the demand that exists for 7.5. I mean, I just purchased a whole bunch of it at that price. Look at, look at how much debt I just purchased for myself at 7.5. What a deal holding that at a 7.5 interest rate. All right, let's continue. That represents 31% of all outstanding U.S. government debt, adding pressure on rates. All right. That's still below 2020 when debt maturing within a year made up a significantly larger share. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the big news in the budget details, this is talking about a $2 trillion deficit for fiscal 2023. I want to read this paragraph. The big news is the budget details is that payments on federal debt are soaring as interest rates rise. CBO says interest payments have climbed $149 billion in the first 11 months of the fiscal year to $644 billion, up 30% from last year. So our, just our interest payments are up 30% over a year. Debt payments are getting close to spending on national defense of $692 billion. You know all that free money we give to the Pentagon that they just lose and send over to Ukraine? Well, the money that we're losing paying ourselves interest rates uh, is all is, is starting to equal the amount of money that we just lose. If you can believe it, a third of the current deficit is going to pay interest on money borrowed for previous spending blowouts. In the first 11 months of fiscal 2023, total outlays were up 3%, including 11% on Social Security benefits, 18% on Medicare, and 5% on Medicaid. 
So you also have an aging population and costs are going up just in terms of all the entitlements that are already on the books. Such increases more than offset drops on COVID relief and a lax expansion of the child tax credit. You know, let's read a little bit more. Keep in mind that Mr. Biden's soaring deficit comes despite a growing economy and that spending on his Inflation Reduction Act, because that's the way you reduce inflation is by spending. Uh, and infrastructure law will accelerate in coming years. Total receipts are down. I, I don't know the rest of this, but isn't that fun? So we're spending more than we ever had in our debt. We've got more entitlement reform. I, I mean, spending as the population ages. Interest rates are going up and we're going to have to buy even more of our own debt. This stuff's beyond, uh, you know, even my uh, ability to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. I just found this chart because I'm always interested to see how much of our own debt we're purchasing versus, uh, you know, other countries actually wanting it or, uh, you know, you and I going, hey, I'm going to go buy myself some some T-bills. I'm going to go buy myself some bonds. All right, let's do a couple quick stories and call it an episode. Uh, oh, this is this, just a couple quick, the, the quick end of the show snapshots. The show's basically over. We, we ranted for 40 minutes. I told you guys all the latest and the Bidens and the Trump stuff. Uh, I told you guys all about what's going on in the financial markets. I've just downloaded so much information into your brain. You don't even need any more show. If I was smart, I'd save the rest of these topics and I'd do another episode on Friday. But we're here, we're in the zone, and I want to talk about Taylor Swift's most recent award. Do you really have to show up and receive another trophy? You're already selling out the biggest day. You, you can't just leave something. Like, that's why I learned this after my high school graduation. I was like, I'm not going to go to other graduate. Why do I have to sit in the audience and celebrate how much better you were at school than I was? All right, you were better at it. You, you, got, you got the better grades. You're going to the better college. Now I got to sit here and celebrate that you were better at this than I was. I mean, they, like, they, they, you really got to show up for another thing. We got to celebrate Taylor Swift even more than she's already been celebrated. Taylor Swift doesn't feel good enough about herself that we have to throw another celebration and hand her nine of these trophies to add to her pile of money. She actually needs, like, uh, she needs fucking weights to put on top of her money to keep it from flying off of her desk. I had said when I was doing, I, I'm going to start my own festival at some point, and it's, it's going to be on an award show, the New York City Elite Comedy Festival, just so my friends can have credits. The, 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 the prestigious Podcasters Guild of America the, I don't know, the, the, the Stanford Comedy Academy. I'm just, I'm going to, at some point in time, you know what, I'll put up a link now. hundred of you guys buy tickets for some obscene amount of money that doesn't make sense. And I'll put on a fake award show so that I can build trophies for my friends. And then they can have nice credits for when they go get themselves booked on the road. BK Chris, New York City's funniest comedian. Here's the award right here. All right couple uh oh ancient super volcano in the u.s may hide largest lithium deposit ever found how soon do we call it the all of a sudden you see people on the news going this ukraine war it's immoral <laughs> you're fear Zelensky, you must be shitting your pants right now you're like what do you guys mean you found all this lithium oh fuck me i thought i was gonna get this jew israel money forever oh boy who's turning around right now going do we really got to spend another $200 billion in the Ukraine? Because uh, we just found a bunch of lithium. Don't know if we still got to be over there killing all the people. All right. And the last one, uh, fried rice syndrome. I, this is why, honestly, I have to stop reading the news. Because then, like, you know, listen, people lost their fucking minds over COVID. And it's because they were actually glued to the news. And you, you, you end up glued to the news and you end up panicked over all sorts of shit. 
still to this day the best joke on the topic is from Bill Hicks where he goes, uh, you know, I'm watching the news, CNN, war, famine, blah, 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 and then you go outside, it's just cricket noises. Go look that one up. Actually, Scott Horton told it on the live show. He does a, he does a good Bill Hicks. Anyways, you watch the news and you start getting nervous about shit that shouldn't even be on your radar. Like rice. No one should ever have to live in fear of rice. But now I find I'm actually, like I ate at my mom's house the other day. I had a little bit of, I went over there, called called up my mom. She doesn't live too far from me. And I go, hey, I'm hungry. You got some dinner? She goes, sure, come over for some dinner. She had some leftover, a little chicken and rice. And then I was like, hey, how long has this rice been sitting out? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You don't have a stopwatch for rice? You know how reckless and irresponsible it is just to be leaving rice on the side of the counter? Livers can explode. You get these dumb college kids every once in a while. They leave out the rice too long, and then they end up with liver failure. And then that leaves me concerned because then you eat the thing, and you end up with a stomach ache, and you're like, is this normal stomach ache, or am I dying from rice right now? I almost wish that there was, like, a, a hospital for neurotics. Because here's the thing is that you can drink, and then you just don't care which I almost think is the better solution than just neurotically running around with anxiety trying to deal with non-problems. Because dealing with non-problems is exhausting too. Is drinking and having a hangover is really any worse than being neurotic and then just being all sorts of concerned and exhausted from non-problems? Because that's not great too. And then what, you're going to see a shrink and what are they going to do? They're going to give you anxiety medication and you're going to end up with Jordan Peterson? That can't be worse than drinking. So anyways, and, uh, but anyway, I wish there was a hospital for like, you know, because uh, sometimes, I mean, I dude, I haven't seen a doctor in years. I don't like going to doctors, but there's nothing worse than thinking something's wrong. And then you go to a doctor and they're like, nah, you're a pussy. You're fine. Or sometimes they're like, yeah, it's wrong, but we don't know what to do. They're like, you're on your own. Hey, you want another test in the bill? We can put you in an MRI to, MRI to go, hey, we're not sure. We can refer you to this other person to go, we're not sure. Hey, you want to go do some physical therapy for some other guy that's not sure? How many bills would you like from people that aren't sure? But I just wish that there was like some, you know, I guess it's what insurance is supposed to be, but a membership where you could be like, maybe just you could show up with a bag of your shit and go like, hey, is this normal or did I eat rice that's killing me? I would like that service. If someone wants to create the diarrhea store of America that can evaluate like the levels <laughs> of whether or not you've been po- poisoned by rice or you're just dealing with your normal. <laughs> All right. This is I, I, I'm laughing because I'm like, it's enough of this topic. It's like when I was doing sandwiches for like too much and then it became like, all right, it's too much of this. I think it's too much of uh, talking about stomach issues. But anyways, don't read the news or listen to the show because you're not supposed to be afraid of rice. And I find like literally I'm like, hey, what do you mean? You just been let you just let that rice sit out. You sure about that? That's just rice. It's just been sitting out. That's our episode. Thanks for hanging out with us Uh, next weekend. I will be at uh, upstate New York. Go to my website, robbythefire.com. I got all the tour dates Uh, come out for the end of porch tour. Come out for Skank Fest. Come out, you know, just come on out. And that's all I got. Thank you, Yo Kratom, Yo Delta, Sheath Underwear, Premier Pharma. That's our episode. Until next time, have a great day.